0: Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level BizTech. Hey everybody welcome back i'm your host josh lopresto svp of sales engineering at Tolaris, and you are on the next level biz tech podcast so today we are dead smack in the middle of security and assessments and if you remember if you listen to the last couple we had bob greenow director of outside engineering on for Tolaris. and then we had the wonderful tia hopkins field cto from ecentire today today is all that matters because today we got jp panzica from accelerate tech partners on Good man, longtime friend, JP, welcome.
1: Awesome to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me.
0: So, uh, JP, I I like to get any dirt I can on anybody. I like to hear weird background stories. If your path has been linear, kudos to you. Uh, If you've got any crazy stories, you know, obviously great partner, you've got an awesome background in security and tech, but where did it start? How did you get here Uh, and, and, you know, fill us in? (laughs)
1: that uh that is a great question and i love to to answer it because um i took the most circuitous route possible to wind up uh in in technology and then to kind of wind up uh going through years and different firms and now you know ultimately uh, uh, at the pinnacle uh, working in my and running my own company but i started out uh very young man uh late blo- late bloomer in life you know tried to figure out you know what i was going to major in in college where i was going to go and you know was very good in sports and athletics and you know like to have a good time and uh didn't even make it through my first two years of school i'm like all right you know this isn't gonna work for me right out the gate i it, you know so i basically dropped out of college i had like two years worth of credits i'm like i gotta go find something else to do you know um, I so subsequently, I finished in, as an adult in college, but, you know, uh, as a young man, I'm like, all right, I want to be, go work on wall street. I'm oh. like, all right. So kid with a year and a half worth of college is going to go work on wall. Street. you go for it, dude. And I, uh, I got a job as working as a bank teller on ah. 42nd street and Madison Avenue, Manhattan. I was like, that was close working for a bank, <laughs> but, uh, not quite the investment banking side of things or wall street, as they say. So, um, you know, it was a great experience for just like, you know, I, li- I lived in the suburbs, I was commuting back and forth, grew up really quickly in, in business, and it was very personal. You know, always been like a, a people kind of person. One of my clients, after a couple of years, you know, you see the same clients come to the bank every day, and he was a recruiter. And he's like, JP, he goes, you have a great personality, you have a great way with people. He goes, you know, you see that guy over there that's like, yeah, that's the GM of the bank. It's like, how long has he been here? It's like, he's probably been here like 30 years. It's like, yeah. It's like how much money do you think he makes? It's like, I don't know. It was back. This is back a long time ago. So mm-hmm. he's branch manager of the bank. And he's probably making 60,000 a year, you know, which is big time for back then. And he's like, you know, you have so much potential. He goes, you need to get a skill. It's like, The technology business is booming. He goes, I have some openings in a couple of my clients. He goes, I'd like you to to, uh, think about, you know, going to the technology space. Very eager, very naive young man. He asked me to actually, he asked me to buy a book and it was a telecommunications um, book. So I, I, I bought that and I read it and I'm like, all right, let's go, go for it. So I wound up in technology in the late 80s. I uh, started in customer service, selling Telex and store and forward facts. So I'm dating myself. Yeah, now. don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I I started in customer service and technology. Uh, learned that business pretty well, and then uh, they ran a sales project that put um that basically was. Out Outreach, customer service, talking to customers and getting certain information from them. And they gave you like, you know, a, a spiff or a reward for doing it. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to make some extra money. Just dialed and dialed and dialed. I wound up uh, doing the best of everybody. You know, long story short, got promoted into a sales track, went down selling technology uh, on Wall Street, selling telex and fax to the yeah. banks and the brokers. So that was my first foray into technology uh, and you know, into sales. I wound up uh, at 24 years old, you know, fast tracking and being the number one salesperson in the company, uh, did that for like three years straight, was uh, probably about 15 or 20 salespeople, like a 30 or $40 million a year company. And that was kind of my first taste of success in the technology space. Um, from there, it just kind of, you know, I just went through different levels, uh, kind of started on the telecom side, I moved into MCI, worked there for a mm-hmm. zillion years. Uh, did large account management working for MCI, uh, managed Merrill Lynch and Reuters globally with teams, and then uh, made my way to the internet space. Kind of you know as technology was evolving through, I was a um, pre-IPO employee for Internap or Inap yeah. back during the dot-com area. I think I was employee like number 98. So that was a fun time. We uh, were all were paper millionaires for the you know period of time, and mm-hmm. threw great parties and had fun um you know so did very very well there and then kind of decided after that had uh taken a few dollars off the table i said i want to go and you know try something different get out of the industry tech you know is 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 fast-paced and i had a few bucks in my pocket i bought a company with my with uh a a friend of mine in the industrial packaging uh, arena completely out of the business Mm -hmm. the owner got sick very opportunistic my buddy needed someone to come in as a partner and we both ponied up some money and I became a, this is, I call this my street MBA. <laughs> I was, um, so I was the CFO, the COO. I used to run all the trucking, all the logistics do all the accounting and, um, you know, made the coffee and took out the garbage at night too. Cause you're kind of like mm-hmm. a small, medium sized business. So, uh, we did that for a bunch of years, took it and sold it off, um, to a multinational company out of Australia. And, what that quickly taught me was that tech wasn't so bad you know being in that side of the business of being very commoditized I'm like tech had a really sexy draw to it the growth was there there's always a lot of sales and money plowing into it so i went back in i went back into the space um you know i after that just long kind of um background in executive roles and private equity back Companies, uh, sales, marketing, business development, consulting. Over the years, went you know data center into cloud, um, and then I worked. One of my last stops at public company it was with Equinix, um, and then from there jumped into the uh, MSP, MSSP space. My last operating role was um, I was the chief revenue officer at Thrive during the very beginning stages, and. Uh, we quickly built a, a a sales force, a channel sales force, a consulting organization. Uh, we went through five acquisitions in the two and a half so years I was there, and uh, just very very exciting time.
0: Love it. I, I think there's a theme there. The theme is one: you realize what you like, you realize what you didn't like, but you also realize what you were really good at, and that takes such a unique, uh, this you know being self aware to to not be that that banker that's been there for. 384 years, um, and, and look where it got you, right? It got you to a great spot. So kudos to you for, for recognizing that- uh, and, Oh, thank it, you. And propelling thank you to where you're at. So so, so so talk to me about, real quick, uh, give me the, the elevator pitch on who is Accelerate.
1: So Accelerate, uh, been around since 2014. Started out just being a kind of consulting company that I started in between C-level assignments. Seated it with some services, uh, data center and telecom services, and they kind of went back to you know, working full-time. Um, one of my, own, my biggest dreams was always to go and run my own technology company, um, shape my own direction, create my own future, and you know, pursue, pursue the passion of, you know, of my vision. And you know, so we sit here today, uh, I've been working in the business full-time for almost three years now, uh, we're doing digital transformation consulting. Um, we do a, a lot with the enterprise markets, the financial services, and healthcare space. Very specialized in applications and workloads, looking at clouds, um, where they where the workloads belong. You know, then wrapping cybersecurity around it and making sure everything is secure uh, and compliant really compliance driven solutions around it. So we do a ton in that space. I uh, do a lot of consulting to into private equity uh, and MSPs directly as well. I sit on a couple of boards, um, and just set direction for a lot of these MSPs, whether it's M&A or strategic direction, go to market, that kind of stuff. Um, so we we've been very successful from a growth standpoint there. Uh, we've also opened up a just a straight technology procurement arm. You know we have we have help desks, so we do a lot of stuff with MSPs and cyber companies. And what we've found over the years is like a lot of the, the telecom commoditized stuff, just like it's so after after the fact that ancillary is like, but no one's really addressing it as like, you know, a partner firm that leads with cyber and, and cloud. Like, so we opened up a transactional quote desk and I have a consortium of folks that I work with. Um, and we basically handle all of the bandwidth stuff, all of the UCAS, CCAS kind of stuff that would come out of our engagements with our customers. Um, and, and we take that on as well. So... We're kind of full shop, multifaceted. Uh, we have offices in in Primus, New Jersey, and in Palm Beach Gardens, in Florida.
0: Beautiful. Uh, now, yeah. uh, so let's talk about. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna kind of show the transition of where you first started in security to to where you're at now, right? Maybe we'll go into a deal here, an example of a, of a recent deal. But so, if we flash back, you know, when did you really first learn about? The whole detection and response component, and about security. Maybe tell me a little bit about that or or the first deal that you sold, or kind of what you saw there, how your eyes were opened in that
1: yeah, so 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 really, the first deals started to come out based on just thinking about like log aggregations and anomalies and behaviors out there. Um, I started seeing that when I was in the data center side, you know and and just talking with my clients. Um actually one of them was a hedge fund and really just looking at you know where where all the different applications, all the different devices, and you know, where all this logged, what's what's all this log data do? And you know what happens when somebody you know tries to log on to your firewall three times and they they fail and they're successful on the fourth. Oh, that's no problem. That's yeah. They they must have had the incorrect password and they got in. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like now you really need to worry. You know, so just kind of that that kind of d- detection and response mechanisms um, were the very first ones on the firewalls that I was introduced to. Um, it was it was early on. You know, didn't really know what I didn't know, but it was like my that was my first intro into it. Um, they wound up working with uh, palo alto and they put some fancy firewall in place and you know they had all these proactive you know next gen capabilities back then and you know it was uh it went into some cloud-based database and you know it was uh it was pretty cool and slick so i thought then so So,
0: well to that point right did you realize that did you realize that some of that technology was so next level or did you realize that you know, th- this was going to be the next thing. Like what, if you, if you go hindsight, how did, what, what did you think?
1: Yeah, it's, well, it, it definitely was, was going to be next, the next thing. Um, and I consciously made note of it and I started studying it a bit and I started to jump into Palo um, and understanding, you know, understanding the capabilities. And that's really one of the things that influenced me to go to Thrive. It's like, because I knew they were in a security space. I was like, here I am in the the, the data center space. And, you know, co-location is, is, you know, was was great at one point and a very fruitful industry. It still is for, for the most part. But this was kind of the next generation of things to come. And, you know, you weren't seeing ransomware and crypto locks mm-hmm. and all these things, you know, back, you know, seven, eight years ago, as much as you see it now. I mean, of course it was happening. Um, but now, but back then you're like, this is, this has got some legs. And I was like, this has to be the tip of the iceberg. you are thinking about artificial intelligence and machine learning down the road. You think of protecting computers, your endpoints and, you know, servers and, you know, this cloud thing, you know, office 365 this Microsoft, you know, cloud mobility approach is like, how does, how do you handle that with security? And like, so. That's really one of the things that, that after a lot of the research, I'm like, I need to figure out a way to get into this space and obviously expand my learning opportunity and just find something you know commensurate with my experience. So that was kind of my first foray. I'd say that it was probably, you know, 2015-ish, 2016-ish. that I started thinking like that.
0: So let's... I mean, uh, you come in at such a high level from a consulting perspective. I like, the, I like the level that you engage at, right? Where it really is business transformation. It's not as much about technology. You certainly understand all the components of cloud and security and network and UCAS and all of those things. But uh, I, I think the, the, the prospects and the customers out there appreciate that approach to it. So I, I, would, I would love to maybe you talk about, before we go into this, this last part here in the example, how do you feel that coming in at a at an angle like that changes the relationship and the value in the customers' eyes that, that that you have? Right, and and where I'm coming from that is for some of the folks that listening to this are are really successful selling in one area or a second area and are are contemplating moving here, maybe are starting to move here. Talk to me real quick about how that how you feel that's changed the relationships that you have with customers.
1: Sure, sure. And, and just at a really high level, and, and this is part of my sales background, but one of the things I forced myself to get re- really comfortable with at a, at a young age in selling is talking to people in the C-suite, talking to the CFO, talking to the CEO, talking to a CRO. It's like, how does business work? If you're comfortable talking about business, because it's it it's all the same thing at the end of the day. You know, it's it's customer acquisitions, it's it's revenue, it's costs. You know, it's balance sheets, investments, it's COGS, it's all these different things depending on who you're talking to. Um, And if you could step into a C-suite and just have a business conversation, the technology really doesn't matter how deep or, un- or much understanding you have. in it, Because, you know, it, when you then take that concept into cybersecurity, which, you know, I, I was a chief revenue officer you know, when I was operating. I've since gone back and gone deep when I, into the space on my own. We just had a conversation about certifications prior mm-hmm. to the call. You, know, I, you don't have to have that kind of knowledge to successfully position or have an intelligent conversation with somebody at a company. It's about you know, solving business outcomes or identifying business risks. Um, you know, in, in the example of cybersecurity, that's a boardroom conversation. Like because if your company has gets breached in some way or shape or form, you know you're a you're you're compromising your brand and you're jeopardizing you know shutting down your business in a lot of ways. so every boardroom room needs to talk about that, and if you're comfortable just talking to a CEO or a CFO or you know somebody uh, somebody that a business owner, give you a small business, you know and what their strategies are or what their thoughts are, you know it becomes a different story. it's like you know we can't afford to invest in cybersecurity, um, but we, or we have cybersecurity insurance. We don't need that. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, did you? It's like, what are your premiums look like? Look like, and what were your discussions with the insurance company? Like, do you not realize that if the, the negligence cancels out your insurance, they don't even let you get it anymore? You know, unless you have these, you know, five things, you know, mm-hmm. as a minimum minimum entry point, and then, then there's five or seven more behind that. So it becomes like an investment into your company's longevity. Um, It becomes a question of maintaining revenue continuity and business success and longevity. Whereas there's just a lot of a lot of people, a lot of unethical people, just preying on. Uh, companies especially the small business, they're like, it's not going to happen to us. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you're the most vulnerable person because you underinvest in your IT infrastructure. Yeah. Like, so how do you put in bare minimum kind of guards or gates? So when you, I mean, have I said anything about one technology in this in this interaction? Nope. I'm talking about business, and that leads to discussions about you know email security or security awareness training. You know. Ninety-three percent yeah. throwing out a stat. Ninety-three percent of all breaches happen because uh, an employee clicks on an email. Again, you know, haven't said anything technical yet. Yeah. So it it's just really easy to go in and and engage on a business conversation and you, and you know not worry about the details of the technology. I could I could identify an opportunity and then call someone like Josh. And say, can you help me? You know quantify what this opportunity is because I think I'm on to something here.
0: Yeah. love it. Great point. All right. Time to get in the weeds as we wrap this thing up here. Uh, final question or two, walk me through an example that you got brought into and there's, there's kind of been a common theme and I guess it's been that, um, it's kind of like when somebody says, I just need an assessment, just need an assessment. We know that turns into like 75 different things, right? So, so walk us into an example that you got brought into, what did it look like? W- what were you told that the problems were, or, or the reasons you were brought in? And then what was the technology or the problem that you ultimately solved? How did you solve it? And, and kind of what, what was that business outcome?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, lots, lots of examples come to mind there. Um, you know, one, one particular one around a hedge fund, um, you know, you, in regards to assessments in general, again, this is high level business, part of it, you're looking for compelling events, you know, with a business. And what kind of compelling events would trigger an assessment? Well, one is obviously uh, a breach, you know, which you're too late and that's reactive, and you have to deal with that. But one re- there's two really good proactive ones. One is the insurance policy, right? figuring out um, how to get cyber insurance. But another one is a new incoming CIO or CTO. And I had one of my customers last year, small financial services shop, and he was the CTO. And I helped him put an MSP solution in place using AWS, you know, uh, endpoint protection, migration from G Suite to O365, uh, EDR, DLP, all that stuff. So I did a really good job for him. I went over above and beyond and um, I got a text from him over the holidays and he had just took a job working for this multi-billion dollar hedge fund and he's he's going to be starting in January and just wanted to let me know. And I'm like, I said, great, you know, enjoy your holidays. I, I appreciate the business and working with you. I was like, I want you to keep one thing in mind when you get there your first day. It's like, you're walking into this new environment. This is a multi-billion dollar shop and you're now responsible for all the technology that's there today, no matter who deployed it, no matter what the architecture is, no matter what the vendor is, it's all yours, right? So you're walking in and you don't know what you have. I was like, if there's you know a breach tomorrow, it was like, doesn't matter who who installed it or architected it, you know, yesterday. He's like, you own it now. So wouldn't you rather know what, what's out there for yourself? So um literally, so he starts in January. I didn't hear from him because he's underwater. April he calls me, he's like, JP, he goes, I need you to come in here ASAP. He's like <laughs> I was like, I need I want to talk to you about that assessment. Because will you guys also diagram what our what our network looks like? I don't even know what the bandwidth <laughs> in this place looks like. I have no idea of the firewalls, it's like it's been underinvested, and I'm, you know, a little bit nervous. Like hundred percent, come in, you know, they were they're were on five or six different continents. Um, I had someone come in and do a complete assessment of every application and device in the network inventory, everything. Everything was end of life. What their OS levels were like. Is anything not patched? Any open ports? You know, all all of the stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, but the biggest thing. i found in there he was running um microsoft exchange in private clouds um, which was not even on his radar in Mm -hmm. in new york singapore hong kong and um in uk and essentially it was being managed by an msp but they didn't want to go to 365 because they didn't understand how to get to this multi-region you know that gdpr requirements all these complex requirements I'm like this is probably one of your biggest priorities just because microsoft exchange is such a a huge huge target in the space so and that wasn't on that was not even on his radar he was more worried about you know end-of-life equipment that was sitting in there and, and being able to figure figure things out so opened up his eyes to that and uh you know today i sit sit there and I'm doing like five or six projects on the table for
0: him. Love it. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's a good one. And obviously, that I mean, it goes to show when you have these relationships, you know, you never know people are going to move around, careers change, and look what you know, these things are fruitful, right? And you're, you know, you're excited, right? Because you're getting another opportunity of it. He's excited because you're saving his bacon, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I got one other interesting one. I'll I'll, I'll be short about it, but this one's. This was equally as interesting to me because I got brought in to do like an outsourced SOC
0: mm-hmm.
1: RFP for a hospital. And they had a an outsourced consulting company and they're running their 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 SIM product for them. Like looking at logs and alerts and they're like all right, you know, this this company is offshore, they're not doing a good job for us. We want to you know, consider getting a new company to be our SOC. So, well so th- that's what I came in to do. You know, long story short, I'm like, you really don't need a new sock, although you could probably use an upgrade. It was, you need to put in technology. I was like, the sim is reactive. It was like, it's like, you're getting logs and you know, you're having some eyes on glass or looking at it. It was like, you know, it's people processing technologies. I was like, what kind of technologies are in place? It was like, you need to look at like an MDR on top of the SOC to be able to, you know, put together a a defense kind of strategy and automation strategy to look at these. So, you know, I wound up successfully taking what was gonna be a SOC RFP and turned it into an MDR, EDR, SIM SOC opportunity for them. So Hmm. uh, just interesting, you know, some people's expectations. And here I am, I'm talking to the the CISO of of, um, the hospital, which, You know you can walk into that and be kind of like well he knows what he's doing i'm going to give him what he wants i'm like like i can but it's like i'm really going to try and build a case to show you know what else is out there and you know these guys are running a million miles an hour and they're in their different you know bubbles and i'm like let me schedule some exploratory stuff with some mdr providers and let's see if this you know opens your eyes to anything it was uh another another good outcome
0: yeah i you know the, the the thing i always thought uh before I went down deeper personally in the road of securities, I always thought that everybody kind of had it figured out. And so you get into these conversations and what nobody wants to admit is, I'm struggling here. I need a lot of help. And so you have to just find the different ways to draw that out. And sometimes that comes away with or that, that comes across from, listen, here's what I've done for somebody else. Here's how we uncovered it. Because that's what customers want to hear. They want to hear what other people have done. They want to do what other people that have been successful have done. They don't want to be the the first one to do anything crazy, uh, so it's there's always a lot of value in that of of just finding the unique way to draw out that they might not know exact make no assumptions. Um, yeah, it's been interesting
1: and that's the beauty of our chairs, right? Yourself, myself. We sit and have this wide purview of you know what's happening in industries, what's happening at different levels in enterprise and SMB. And you have the benefit of if you don't know it yourself to bring in an expert resources, chances are there's one right, you know, phone call away yeah. that is willing to jump on a phone call with you and just help you rationalize that stuff. And that's just a key point is you know, don't be intimidated by it as a partner. Um, don't don't think the customer knows everything either, because there's just it's such a fast-moving target. It's like, you know, if you could open their eyes and then bring in some experts and have a brainstorming kind of conversation, it really, it, it just opens up the, the door to, to lots of other possibilities. I think, earn you know, infinite levels more trust yeah. with that particular company.
0: Fair point. All right, uh, final thoughts, JP's crystal ball. So if we flash back, if we flash back, I usually give a Miss Clio reference here. May I've overused that at this point. Uh, <laughs> if we flash back, we look at, kind of the naming convention. We're talking about detection and response. Um, if we back, 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 you know, that used to be called endpoint. It used to be called host-based antivirus. Then we had endpoint plus different malware tools. And, you know, we'd, we'd slap malware bytes on something and we'd find that that found all kinds of things that, that my AV didn't find. And so then we found next-gen AV and that turned into EDR, endpoint detection. And here we are now at managed detection and response culminating of the it staffing shortage the, sh- the security staffing shortage and we're starting to hear things now of of xdr right extended detection and response and so other since we're just acronym soup in it if you talk and think of you know SASE, secure access uh you know all of those things casby where does this go where are we at What are we doing in 12 months what are we doing in 24 months what's your advice
1: well it's um well you're right i I don't have that crystal ball and to watch this thing materialize before my eyes has been an absolute education um you know where this thing actually goes is is actually better answered by somebody that's you know an engineering mind I'm looking at it from a, a, a business mind. I think to the, the take now all this data that sits there and I think about it as an executive, it's, you know, you show with this data and it's all these disparaged tools. And what I would love to figure out is how you take these alerts, these anomalies, this health, you know, real-time health assessment And you roll it into some sort of dashboard, metrics, KPI, health report card. And so uh, my brain, when you say that, goes immediately to the information. And how do you get it to a stakeholder or someone who is responsible for the business faster in a more meaningful way? Um, You know, there's still a lot. You know, there's still a sock involved there's still you don't want a sock you have um you know you, you're going to get alert fatigue you know how do you take this and roll it into something meaningful and, and that's kind of agnostic across tool sets would be really cool in my mind i would like to see um that's that that's definitely a future opportunity in the space um you know as far as the technology itself it's it, it will no doubt continue to evolve you know, over time, for sure.
0: Good stuff. Well, I mean, we're just gonna keep an eye on it. I think the one uh, thing that we can say is that it is not getting easier. Uh, yes. More data, more complexities. And part of this battle is us determining what is the next greatest thing that we have to help the customers pay attention to and what, what is just noise and what is a new whiz-bang tool. And, and I think kind of boiling that all down, so great great stuff. Great points. Uh, love, appreciate you being on JP. I think that wraps us up for today. Thanks for coming on, man.
1: Josh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, hopefully I'll see you in person at some point soon and thank you again.
0: All right, everybody, that wraps us up. JP Panzica from Accelerate Tech Partners. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. And this concludes our detection and response segment of the Next Level BizTech podcast. Until next time, thanks, everybody.
1: Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.